<laughs> tell me, tell me, you don't love that. Ah, uh, you were way too excited. Oh, dude, I almost started singing. I was holding back. It was oh, brutal. Let's, what a great song. Let's have Jake turn it down and hear you sing a little bit. No, let's <laughs> not. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode twenty-four of the Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for GMX professionals, also known as Slam Dunk. Kobe Bryant episode. How, how could we not? Well, yeah, did yeah, you yeah. Get, there are other options. Well, but it, there are always other options. But yeah. you got to give respect where it's due. Absolutely. Did you, get, did you guys watch that basketball All Star game? You know, I did not. I'm not a huge NBA fan. I am not at all. But I, got I heard su- it was kind of cool. I got sucked in. Yeah. And they had like the first three quarters where they get a combined score. Yep. They, they stop every quarter and somebody wins and they gave money away to the kids of Chicago or whatever. Okay. And then at the end of the third quarter, the the team with the higher score, they added 24 points to it. Oh, and that no was way. And that's your goal score. So there's no clock. It's just that's the goal score to get Are to. Are you serious? So the other team, LeBron, was down by like nine points and they had to make up the difference and they ended up getting oh to 157 God. first and winning. So no way. They were actually like into it and playing and there no was, they were like... Fighting huh. over fouls and arguing with the referees and Maybe stuff. Maybe I. It was, uh, it was actually interesting. I didn't watch it live, of course. I, you know, yeah. I got a DVR and fast forward. I'm not that into it, but did they do a bunch of? Uh, did they do like something really cool for Kobe? A bunch of stuff beforehand. Cool. Yeah, there was all sorts of stuff. Big then, big loss, no doubt about it. As I mentioned uh, in the previous episode, this with, with the new year, we've uh, started something pretty cool, sort of a Geoholics fan club. That's my new thing. I'm going to call it a Geoholics <laughs> fan club. The Cool Kids Club. Cool Kids Club, yeah. So for every 10 bucks you donate to the Geoholics GoFundMe account, we'll send you a Geoholics wristband and mention your name on the next podcast. So guess what? We do have a new fan club member this, this week. Do we? Yep. Sarah Hill. Okay. From Gadsden, Alabama. Uh-oh. I did say last week that I would hand deliver those wristbands. <laughs> it wasn't a $100 donation. <laughs> oh, Although, if you want to go to Alabama for some, re- some reason, I'm sure Sarah would love to see you. Uh, maybe during uh, college football season. <laughs> <laughs> really cool thing. She also wrote us a note, and she said, I love listening to you all at work. Oh, that's just appropriate. Kind of like warms the cockles, right? <laughs> At least it takes a next, like a next level effort to type that rather than just say it naturally. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I did put her uh, wristbands in the mail. So hopefully next week we'll add somebody else to the fan club. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this. We have a freaking app. <laughs> oh my god, we have an app. It's unbelievable. Justin Farrow from uh, Lansfears United. This guy is, I mean, out of this world. The stuff he comes up with just absolutely blows my mind. Uh, we have an app. You can download the app from the Lance Fairs United website. And I've also posted the link on like the Geoholics, um, the Geoholics Facebook page and the LinkedIn page and stuff like that. So if you're not following the Geoholics Facebook page, stop what you're doing and give it a follow right now. Also, we have a, uh, a LinkedIn group created over 250. 40 members i think right now um so give that a request as well and of course i'll let you in and uh we're doing some really cool stuff um besides that the, that opening number new new pod band called des rocks d-e-s-r-o-c-s and uh the name of that song is give me the night and des rocks is a brooklyn-based american alt-rock band formed in 2018 by former secret weapons that's the name of the band, member Danny Rocco. Um, I saw him a couple weeks ago, unbelievable live show. Um, I met 
Des or Danny outside the venue um, before the show in the alley. Actually, I'm walking down the alley. I don't know if I may have mentioned this. And here I knew it was him. And he's on a cell phone, right? So I walked by him, like I mouthed to him, like "You're Des Rocks," right? And he's like, he's, he like gave me the thumbs up, and he like shook my hand, stuff like that. And it was super cool. So I just sent him an email. I got his email off his website, and I'm like, "Hey, man." We got a, you know, a, uh, a fledgling podcast, love your music, try to support, you know, up and coming bands and love to use one of your songs. I swear to God, like within 10 minutes, he responded back. He's like, oh man, that's so cool. You know, love it. He's like, don't tell them, don't tell the band. They're going to be pissed. <laughs> did you mention your like meeting in the alley? I did. Yeah. I did. Yep. yep. Of course I did. Yeah. I'm like a, like a schoolgirl. Um, his latest album is titled Martyr Parade and it's available on Spotify and Apple Music, of course, got some really cool videos on YouTube, and his website is desrocks.com. One of my new favorite bands, no doubt. I feel like there's so many websites that you have to spell out everything. Like desrocks is d e s r o c s dot com. Perfect, perfect way to jump in there on that shoes. I like it. Well, because everything, you know what I mean. Even like your Twitter handles and stuff, you have to put in different. You can't just get like Kent Grow or the Geoholics. Somebody's got it somewhere. Yeah, I, I, you know Kent Gross taken, of course. Uh, yeah. What about ASU underscore Kelly? R. Kelly. 69. Come on. No, no 69. <laughs> <laughs> I was at least like in college. I wasn't like a junior high student when I made mine, so it doesn't have the 69 on the end. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a second to recognize our friends of the program. Uh, first off, it's got to be Bad Elf GPS. They just got some great news from Larry and the Bad Elf boys. They are beginning to ship the Bad Elf Flex GNSS receiver game changer boys and you can follow that information on bad-elf.com slash flex excellent excellent job buddy land surveyors united justin farrow as i mentioned i can't say enough about this guy he's he, cr- he makes jake look like amateur <laughs> <laughs> no my thing if those two got their heads together they could take over the world. There's no doubt in my mind. That's what he told me. He said, we're dangerous together. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's all That's all Jake needs is something else to blow his head up. A new partner. Yeah, exactly. Partner in crime. <laughs> yeah, yep. but if you guys are not visiting this website on a daily basis, you are missing out. I mean, this is one of those things. And I, Every time I go on it, I find something new. I was actually talking to Justin the other day. I'm like, dude. This is a site that everybody should go on every single day because they're going to learn something new every day. There's so many resources on there. The website, of course, is landsurveyorsunited.com. And uh, he's just doing a great job with this. That's, I think it's like 16,500 members of the site now. And he's got so many cool things planned for 2020 and beyond. So check out the website. And then we got Unifly. It's uh, Scott Welcome Ohana. In case you guys didn't know, Ohana means welcome in Hawaiian. It does now. Yeah, got married there. I had to remember a few things. Well, we need to start calling him Scott, <laughs> Scott Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Ohana from now on. Well, him I like his, that. And his team's vision is to unify drone surveying, data management, and CAD conversion under one badly needed umbrella. Uh, to go to their website, spell it out again, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow, A-E-R-O. Exactly, exactly. Check those guys out. They're doing some really cool stuff, amazing technology and finally we have parkland college land survey program parkland college is located in champaign illinois and Corey allred um he's built a staff of uh folks there that have a very diverse skill set uh and he's building a program there that is it's really for anybody if you're a part-time student a full-time student whatever they're going to work with you and they're they just they just want to get 
get folks in there and teach them about land surveying and uh, and help them become better surveyors, more marketable, increase their skill set. So many things going on there that uh, you really should check out if you're pursuing a career in land surveying in, in Illinois, of course, especially. Their website is parkland.edu forward slash surveying. And again, as soon as you graduate, call Kent Grow for call. your first job. <laughs> Kent.grow at stamtech.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, Social Hall, here we are in Studio One. Um, you know what? It's kind of lonely in here. You know, like when we don't, when our guest isn't here in person and it's just the three of us, it's like we're kicked back. You know, Jake's over here on a recliner <laughs> with his feet up and it's a different atmosphere, but it's still super cool. Um, I'm getting a whiff of something tasty down there. It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. <laughs> I've already given up that dream. That was just a pipe dream that is never going to happen. Speaking of the tasty stuff, uh, we were here last Sunday to celebrate my youngest daughter Presley's birthday. Producer Jake was here, of course. I had to buy that guy brunch. Um, yeah, rice pie last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to brag on the menu because it's awesome. I had the ham benedict. Absolutely ridiculous on like this potato waffle thing. It was just incredible. And uh, I know Presley had the... We she did the... Uh, yeah, we split the chorizo gravy and biscuits. Biscuits and, then, and gravy, yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, breakfast burrito. Yeah, really good. Good yep. stuff. Yep, it was awesome. Nice. And, and blueberry mimosas, I hear. Oh, oh we did. We yeah. did. Out of this world. Blueberry mimosas <laughs> were amazing. Yeah, no doubt. So, as usual, if you're in or around Tempe, Arizona... Um, Please, please, please make sure you stop by Social Hall. And if you do, just mention the Geoholics and you'll get 75% off your uh, bill. 7,500% off your bill. <laughs> I don't know if that's been approved, but go for it. See what happens. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> just tell him it was Jake. Uh, it was Jake. Yeah, I don't know. All right, man. Speaking of Jake, let's catch up with the fellas. Uh, what's going on, buddy? So, guys, I was... Uh, just a little bit about last week's episode. I, I sat, I was, there was a lot of editing. It was one of our longest <clears throat> episodes that we had done, and I listened to it probably by the end, three, four, five times by the end, and I just think it was so funny. It was so great, even to make something like that out of, you know, a situation where the guests didn't show up, and we were able to, to put it together like that, and it was a lot of fun, and I think it <clears throat> really brought us back to that, that episode zero, so. It did. It did indeed, and the, uh, the early returns are very, very positive. I mean, it was something off the cuff that we did. Um, I listened to it gosh probably three times already and every time i freaking laugh out loud yeah there's, that, there's no doubt about it there's a couple parts of doesn't matter how many times i've listened to it it's always going to be funny <laughs> so awesome. but for for podcast yeah. news we're creeping up onto that 6500 uh total downloads and then we had also um added uh to our new i guess you'd call it a podcast directory stitcher so it's another place that people will go to get their right. podcast from. So we uploaded onto there, um, and then I guess want to want to just open it up to if there's anywhere else that people want the podcast that they listen to other podcasts that they'd like to have on, please just shoot us an email. It's relatively easy to get on these sites. You just have to put the application, and so we've had been good luck getting on the other ones, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. So if you want to be want us to be anywhere else, just shoot us an email, and we can make it happen. So yep, and that in, that uh, email is info at thegeoholics.com. Easy enough. Easy enough. Ryan, how are you? Ah, where where do I begin, boys? <laughs> um, let's start from the beginning. Well, how far? Th- when a man loves a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I went to a wedding. Wait, last wait, week. I gotta say something. Hmm. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I went to a wedding last weekend with my lovely wife Carrie, and fantastic ceremony. You know, they kept it short, sweet. Weather's fantastic. We're there. It's somebody that Carrie kind of fringely knows. I think we got the pity invite. We were at the back table kind of thing. And 
we get there, we're doing the whole dinner, we eat, and then they go around and they talk to everybody, and okay, we're going to try and sneak out. But this is a wide open space where if you try and sneak out, they're going to see you go. So they start doing the toast, and we're like, all right, we'll wait till that. Then they open the dance floor. Father of the bride came up, mother of the groom came up, maid of honor, best man, right? Done. No. All the wedding party. It was 20 speeches long. Oh, my god! I could not stop staring at the door. I was like, oh. please. Like, well, I don't even care if they see us leave at this point. Yeah, but, no doubt. What do they so, call that? Like a Irish goodbye or something? Uh, yeah. When you like leave and you don't say anything <laughs> yeah, to anyone? exactly. You just sneak out the door. There but, needed to be an Irish car bomb. Oh, apparently. my goodness. There were... <laughs> It was that was the uh, that was the only bad part of the wedding. That and like it was it was a younger crowd. Are they listening right now? No, I guarantee you. Oh, they, they're yeah, not. they're friends I, of the program. No, <laughs> I guarantee you, they're not. I noticed that uh, open bar, so everybody's having a few drinks and having a good time. You know what is the most popular thing right now? White Claw. Oh, oh they, big they can't time. keep up with it. My Production. Goodness. The the yep. like the I, the guy that was busting the table. He went to this one table. He had armfuls of empty cans of White Claw. I'm like, oh my god. I I asked Carrie. I'm like, you got to talk to the groom because he was the one that invited us. I want to know how many White Claws were consumed at this wedding. Yeah, I bet. I actually read an article this morning about how the wine folks are in like a surplus now. They're making too much wine, and now everyone instead of drinking wine is drinking these seltzers. Yeah, and the, even the craft beer guys are starting to freak out because it's trying to corner the starting to corner the craft beer market. Yeah, yeah, the millennials uh, are just the article that said like millennials are saving like people that drink wine money because of the surplus is making it cheap. So yeah. Carrie was all excited. She's like, oh, "Let them drink that. I'll take the wine cheaper." I don't mind a white claw. I don't, I don't mind it. Like a nice summer day. I mean, there's no superior like like for example, if like if I was outside like golfing or something. Oh, by far, I would take that. We. uh Played golf yesterday, and Megan had a couple white claws. There you go. Just there Look you go. That. See, it's perfect for the golf course, <laughs> and they have them at CJ Tally's. Oh, well, yep. free plug. Don't plug, get used yeah. to it. Well, and then the other thing I saw in the news, I just saw the headline, and I figured I would wait till we got here to talk about it because Jake would know. Southwest is uh, shutting down the seven thirty seven maxes. They've they've shut them down. Yeah, like they're, they're it's actually going hit- through the summer though, or something like that. Yeah, they they actually flew them down. There's a few that are in Victorville in California, and then there's actually quite a bit that are in uh, Marina down by Tucson. Mm-hmm. So they they fly them here because it's, it's obviously it's hot, but with the low humidity and things can sit outside for a long period of time, they don't rust. Um, so they fly a lot of those planes down here for the meantime while they're figuring out. But they're they're sitting down there at the airport, maybe just an hour and a half south of where we are now, and they they're wrapped up and just sitting there waiting for. Firmware, I don't even know where they're going to take this. But well, have you crazy. gone down and like checked it all out? No, but I, I talked about it this past weekend. <laughs> we got to make a trip down there for sure. I mean, we got a ton of brand new planes just sitting out there. Uh, how many times have you been to that Pima Air and Space Museum? Only once, actually. What? I need to go back. That's shocking. <laughs> they have they they have some pretty crazy planes out there. Yeah. Besi- uh, besides yeah. Uh, Des Rocks, how was your weekend? Uh, weekend was good. It was long. Uh, my company recognized, uh, President's Day yesterday, so it was a three-day yeah. weekend. Uh, it was, it was good. You know, I, oh, as an update, I didn't buy a car. Let's, Uh-oh. Let's get that out of the Still way. Still in the market. Uh, you know, not so much. Not so much. Are I, you, you uh, losing the itch? I think I have. I think I have. And you know what? I met, and you guys are going to think I'm freaking crazier than what I am. But Palm reader. I met, no, <laughs> almost, almost. Miss Rita down so the street here. <laughs> lovely Megan and I are playing golf yesterday, and we get teamed up with this older guy, right? And uh, nice, this old guy. We're walking, so of course we're chatting the whole time. So the gentleman's name is Larry, Larry, let's call him Larry T. Larry okay. T, okay. Um, just a, like a brilliant 
human being. You know, he had everything that he said, it's like you held on every word because it meant something, right? And he started going off on this tangent about, and I hope I get this name right, I think it's Rusalinus, right? And this guy was like a, a, like a prophet and his big thing was nominalism, right? So after talking to this guy for like 20 minutes about this, it's like he almost made me feel bad for wanting to buy a new car. Okay. He's like, the simple life is the best. He's like, keep it simple, as simple as you possibly can, um, and you're going to be so much happier. And I'm like, you know what? I've got a pretty new car. I don't need another car, especially something I'm probably going to get 10 tickets in. So you're just fighting consumerism, essentially. Yeah, you're fighting consumerism, basically. Yeah. yeah. So well, I'm like, you know less what? Less is more. Well, less is, it, is it, more. Is I, like, I'm going to put this off for a little bit and kind of let that let that digest and uh, and see where my uh, my mind takes me after that. Isn't Jake's like major marketing? It Less is. is more. Yeah. yeah. I, I do that with all my stuff too. Like I, I can, I mean, my, my house is pretty, like there's no clutter. Like it's like if something is there oh, yeah. that serves yeah. a functional purpose, exactly. it's there other than that. Yeah. And you've oh. seen my house. It's, you know, that's kind of like more modernism or whatever, but nominalism, you know, if you, if you like study that or really read up on it, you know, there's something to it. There really yeah. is. There really is. The thing um, is with my house, I think it's Carrie and I have like, not trying to be a big shot or anything. Our house is probably like 3,000 square Whoa, feet. Whoa! Big yeah. shoes! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think about 500 of it is for Carrie and I. The yeah. other 2,500 is toys. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous well, got, how much got, like he just takes over. You got the little guy. And then I, uh, I've, I've got uh, Bob Arquette. He is out on a hunt for the meteor that crashed oh, up there yeah. in Prescott Valley. I'm like, dude, go find that thing. We're millionaires if you find that thing. <laughs> so my mom, she texted me. She's like... <laughs> I I heard it. The house shook. The dog barked. I go out in the living room and Bob's got his headphones on. He doesn't even know what's happening. <laughs> that's typical Bob. That's awesome. Oh, that's but if anybody can find the meteor, it's Bob. Just don't find a Boeing bomb. Exactly. Exactly. So that's about all I got, guys. Um, safety share, of course. And just like I mentioned last week, the safety share is now the... Uh, the safety, safety apparel. apparel safety share. I'm looking at my notes here, and I've got uh, I've got like two weeks notes from a long time, or notes from two weeks ago. So, yeah, the safety apparel safety share. Sorry, and uh, you guys check out these vests. First of all, I mentioned it last time. The and I called it the surveyor of the vest. It's actually called the party chief. So I was kind of right, but actually I was really wrong. So uh, check out this vest called the party chief. It's the best quality vest that you are going to find. So for yourself, your field crews, whoever, um, safetyapparel.com, right? That's the uh, that's the website. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't have it to read. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's it. But anyway, Safety Apparel, um, Matthew Stansbury, he's got a really good thing going. Friend of the program, of course, and the vests he's making are second to none. I don't know why you would consider buying any other vest but a Safety Apparel vest. And with that, the, the safety share this week is about um, driving drowsy. Have any of you ever done that? Just to correct, it's safetyapparel.us. Oh, safetyapparel.us. Thanks for looking that up. I appreciate it. Driving drowsy? Yeah. I've done it many a time. Coming back from California, I am guilty of that. I don't think it'd be possible. I mean, who knows? I don't think it'd be possible for me to fall asleep while driving. You would be But maybe I think that and then it happens. You don't know. I mean, it's happened to me before. Not to the point where I've gotten an accident, thank God. But... There's, have you, have it happened to you? There's a reason for that rumble strip on the side of the road. There absolutely is. I mean, I have been driving. I mean, not recently. It was like when I was younger, of course. But driving and literally, I mean, you don't know. It's like you're tired, you're tired. 
you're out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's, it's yeah, like crazy. I said, like coming back from California, that nice straight drive. Yep. It the, what do they call it? Like road hypnosis or whatever. Yep. You just oh yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. went to exactly. This was years ago. We went to Six Flags all day in California, and then uh-huh. Gary was like, "Let's just go home tonight." Terrible idea. Bad Did it? Oh yeah, we oh, made, we made it, but I was like, it was a little scary for a, a little stretch. You're doing of like that covering there. the one eye thing, no, I and like smack myself in, yeah. in the face. Yeah. I did that, and I like made Carrie get up and talk to me. Snorting no dos. No, <laughs> Preston, I did that one time where we you snorted no dos. No, no. <laughs> where we left, we did all that California drive all in one go. We left at like two thirty in the morning. Yeah. So then you figure six seven hours. We're gonna get there right when the park opens, so we can spend the whole day at the park. Yep. So we get up and say, like, oh, it's great. Like we'll listen to music we'll talk whatever it'll be fine like that way like no one will be tired went to bed early we right. get in the car we get like right on, i don't even think we get on like the 202 she's passed out it's like <laughs> 2 30 in the morning and i'm yeah. like oh my gosh i'm yeah. just like trying to drive through but well, good thing it wasn't her driving yeah she'd be sleeping at the wheel she'd be dri- driving drowsy <laughs> driving to sleep <laughs> so some did you know type facts um an estimated one in 25 <laughs> u.s adult drivers <laughs> Report having fallen asleep while driving in the last thirty days. I can't. Whoa. I can't. I can't vouch on that one. Last thirty days, the National uh, Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates that drowsy driving was responsible for seventy-two thousand crashes, forty-four thousand injuries, and eight hundred deaths in two thousand seventeen. So get some sleep. It says, however, these numbers are probably underestimated. Up to 6,000 fatal crashes each year may be caused by drowsy drivers. Um, some warning signs of drowsy driving. We, we've touched on a couple of them. Yawning, of course, or blinking frequently. Uh, d- difficulty remembering the past few miles driven. I mean, that's me every day, basically. Uh, missing your exit. Don't talk to my wife about that. She'll Tell you I'm an idiot. Drifting from your lane and, as Shoots mentioned, hitting a rumble strip on the side of the road. Hey, those are there for a reason. Do we have those? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, remember, well, not like some of the roads, yeah, but some don't. I remember being a kid. My dad was a salesman driving all the time. We would go with him sometimes. He would like fall asleep, and I'd be like, hello, hello. (laughs) He'd be like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm like, whoa. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yep. looking back on it, lucky yep. to be here. So before we uh, get away from the safety show, let's make sure that we talk about how to prevent drowsy driving before taking the wheel. So first of all, get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, most adults need at least seven hours of sleep a day, while teen most teens need at least eight. How many how many hours of sleep you can choose? Lately, uh, in general, uh, six. Six. Producer Jake, seven to eight. I'm seven to eight. Mm-hmm. If I don't get that, I'm a freaking zombie. Uh, develop good sleeping habits, such as sticking to a sleep schedule. That's my problem. Megan's like the lovely Megan. I mean, she likes to stay up late and you know watch whatever the late night news and stuff like that. I'm routine. I'm, I'm ready to go to bed like at nine thirty, <laughs> and it never fails. It's like eleven o'clock before we go to bed every single night. It drives uh, me insane. I'm so like, then, how do you get eight hours? What time uh, you getting up in the morning? Like seven. 11 to 7. Does the math check out uh, on that? That's eight hours. Carry the one. I mean, Carry the one. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, uh, in, in my house, it's uh, the little guy goes to bed at 8, and I think my wife goes to bed about 8.05. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah. And then you're up till 4 in the morning? I used to do that. The last few weeks, I've actually been getting some sleep. Yeah. I, have, I haven't been going out for my late night walks. There's just, too many coyotes and gunshots in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. If you have a sleep disorder or have symptoms of a sleep disorder, such as snoring or feeling sleepy during the day, talk to your 
doctor about treatment options. Go get one of those sleep studies, the the 24 hours or eight hours you sleep overnight. Yeah. Get hooked up to every machine possible. Yeah. See what happens to you. Yeah, yeah. I snore and I drink. I don't know if, that cons- I don't know if that's considered I don't, a sleeping disorder. No, that's I'm... not like apnea or anything like that. I think there are two types of sleep apnea. If I'm not mistaken, don't quote me. I'm not mm-hmm. a doctor. One's like the snoring version, and then the other one's just like you just stop breathing. You could die from that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And no doubt yeah. about it. So. I, I've heard if you stop breathing, you could die. Really? Yep. Oh, that old brain needs some oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of drinking, uh, this is the last item of how to prevent drowsy driving. Avoid drinking alcohol or taking medications that make you sleepy. Be sure to check. This is really important. Actually, probably the most important thing I'm going to say all night. Be sure to check the label on any medications or talk to your pharmacist before taking them and driving. I don't think they're required to tell you if it makes you drowsy. They, they're required to tell you if you're mixing, if you get like several prescriptions. Really? Yeah. At least through my experiences, because I pick them up all the time. <laughs> pick them up, put them down, buddy. <laughs> all right, all right. Finally, let's get to our guest tonight. Um, really, really excited to have uh, have this, this fine gentleman on. Uh this evening we have Denver Winchester with with us, and I'm going to be giving you just a little bit of bio background on Denver before we get into this. So Denver was Denver wasn't born in Denver, believe it or not. Denver was born in Oklahoma City and grew up in Medill. Hopefully, I said that right, Oklahoma. He attended University of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State University, and he did receive an associate's in survey technology. I look forward to talk to him about that program. He's got a young daughter that keeps him busy. His hobbies include, uh, he likes, he, he's a runner. He likes to do that to kind of decompress and just kind of alleviate the stress a little bit. And he also likes to do some impulsive travel around the state. He's an explorer. Um, fan of the Patriots. Shoots, you got to like that, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yep, yep. Michigan Wolverines as well. He's got to love Tom Brady. Well, we can talk about that. Everybody loves Tom Brady. Well, Patriots and Michigan? Come oh, on. Oh, geez. I didn't even put That's the a two, double and two whammy together. Voice. Yeah, we'll have to ask him about that. <laughs> He's been surveying for about 11 years. His current role is vice president of surveying at Crafton Toll in Oklahoma City. And a little fun fact about Denver his mom was a drafter, I think, a sur- like for a survey company when he was growing up. And he didn't think he would ever become a surveyor. That's like most people. Most people never think they're going to become a surveyor. And then all of a sudden, what do you know? You're 15 years into your career and uh, like, what the hell happened? Um, so with that, Denver, thanks for being here with us, my friend. Good. Thanks for having me, guys. You betcha. You betcha. Are you at home this evening or are you still at the office? I'm at the office because there's more electronics here to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So um, uh, interesting, as far as your bio goes, you mentioned that your mom was a, a drafts person. Did she work for a survey company? Uh, yeah, uh, she's been a drafter my whole life, or at least everything I can remember anyway. Uh, and then when I was younger, you know, she was a single mom, so I spent afternoons just sitting there watching her draft and listening to people grump, grouch about survey problems. <laughs> That's every day. <laughs> I was going to say, some things haven't changed. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm very interested, uh, the Oklahoma State University survey technology program that you completed. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, give that a plug because I think that's something that's really cool. And I know if I'm uh, if I'm correct, it can be done completely online as well, right? Uh, yeah, it is. A, it's a completely online program. I mean, I finished that um, in 2016. Um, so it's been quite a number of years since I've been in it. I mean, I have people that work for me that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it was a it was a solid program. I mean, some of the the core structure was you know designed by like Dennis Mullen and uh, like mm-hmm. names you've heard of, and then you know all your standard survey classes. But yeah, it's completely online, and so it's really accessible. Yep, yep, that's awesome. Very cool. And so you've been uh, you've been serving for about eleven years. What was your first uh, your first survey gig? Actually, uh, here um, I was I was working at a movie theater after you know not finishing engineering school, and I saw a uh, Craigslist ad for a uh, Rodman, and I figured I knew how to do that, so I'd done it before, and then here I am. <laughs> so you've been with the same company for your entire career so far. Uh, yeah. Good for you. That's great. That doesn't happen very often. Um, and you're in Oklahoma City, right? Yes, sir. Right on. No, I just got to double back I, uh, before we get too far off topic. Yeah, go ahead. Are you a huge Tom Brady fan? Oh, yeah. We got to get back to that, right? Yeah. Because, you well, know, then we got to ask. I mean, it just, it just submitted my uh, Patriots fanhood when they drafted him. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. And you, how could we have ever predicted that, yeah, that yeah. kind of career? Exactly. How, what, how, how, did you be, how, how did you become a uh, Michigan Wolverines fan? Um, uh, I really just didn't want to be an OU or OSU fan. And my grandpa always watched, um, the Michigan Wolverines football games. And, um, I just had fond memories of watching those games with him. And then, so eventually it just became a fan. All right. Last question before we get back down to business. Do you think Brady's back with the Patriots next season? I think it'd be a real hard sell uh, to go anywhere else, probably. And like, if Robert Kraft doesn't just pay the world to bring him back, it'd be pretty rough. What about the rumors of like his house being sold and stuff? And he like bought that? one in Vegas. He bought one in Vegas? Yeah. Oh my god! So the running joke all day on the radio was, uh, you know, he's like the old musicians. He's just going to take a residence up in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's freaking hilarious! Did you ever consider doing anything else besides serving? Um, I went to school for engineering and, um, then after that, I kind of just really didn't know what I was going to do with my life once that didn't work out for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. And tell us about your little girl. Uh, I have a, like a almost seven year old little girl, you know, she's just, she's a real person these days, has her own opinions, tell, you know, knows everything, all that good jazz. Like I know that pain all it's too well. It's weird when they get it, like how fast they become a real person. You know, when they're young, you just set them down somewhere and they stay. And then all of a sudden you got to chase them everywhere. <laughs> yep. And then they turn 22. <laughs> exactly. And they got a Jake. Yeah, they have a Jake. They, exactly. One day they bring home a Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's we, awesome. I think we just scared them right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Denver, let's talk a little bit about technology. Um, so you've been serving for, like I said, about 11 years. And technology is advancing so quickly in this profession. Um, what are some of the biggest advancements that you've seen uh, in, in, in your 11 years of serving? I would say that like probably the biggest advancement is like, you know, RTNs and, you know, network type, you know, availability mm-hmm. and the ability to just hop out of a truck. And then you, I'm not saying you should do that. People do it. Like just hop out of the truck and turn on a Rover and go on, go on about your business versus but- like, Hey, we've got to come in from the road and wiggle in half a mile and do whatever we got to do. Yep. Yep. Um, so when you say wiggle, I think uh, that means calibrate. 
that's the technical yeah term. we got a resect and yeah like, exactly yeah you know that's, yeah. that's what they called it whenever i started i know man i know i'm just giving you shit um so the uh like the rtns uh we use them as well i mean they're, they're awesome tools no doubt you know it prevents you from having to set up a base so as far as like theft goes um you know, it, it's awesome for that. Some of the things we struggle with are like repeatability. Like we'll use the network and shoot a point one day right. and then the next day shoot that same point. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a couple hundreds, few hundreds off, whatever. So it's not that bad. But every once in a while, you kind of get that random one. It's like out, you know, few tents or whatever. It's like, oh man, what the heck's going on? And then, then you're worried the rest of your day. It's like, it's, right. all it's, my... like, a, it's like a beautiful snapshot in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so, I mean, think, and this is a little bit off topic, but think, talking about thefts, um, here in Arizona, I don't, know, I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in Arizona, we've had such a rash of bases being stolen. I bet there's a half dozen in the last two months, maybe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys have that problem in Oklahoma City? Uh, we had that problem a couple of years ago whenever, you know, they were throwing up wells left and right and running pipelines everywhere. When we had a much more bases set up on the side of the road, yeah. you know, people were just driving by, picking them up and leaving. Yeah. But it's not, it's not as prevalent since that slowed down. Interesting. Now, now you guys can explain this to me better, obviously, than I know the survey side of it. Somebody that would steal a base, is it likely they know what they're stealing or are they just stealing it because it looks expensive? And then how is there, is there any sort of, I don't want to say like low jack or tracking system? So if I take this Mm -hmm. to the pawn shop, it's same deal as like a gun or some sort of electronic with a serial number on it. Yeah. Well, the first thing you want to do, of course, is reach out to your local um, equipment Sales. dealer yeah dealer whatever and let them know that it's stolen so they can kind of get in the system that it's you know it's been it's been stolen and they can track it you know that way but i mean i think and maybe you know you think about we're in arizona and what two and a half hours from the border maybe three hours a little bit maybe? yeah three hours three hours maybe from the border i think that you know here it's like and i'm gosh down in tucson i don't know i imagine it's bad down there too but you know these these guys steal these things and just take them right across the border and you know do whatever with them down there but is it um, worth, like, how much are they generally worth uh, on that secondary market? I have like no idea. The, the black market. I don't know. I'm not I'm not in the black market. Come on. Go find one on there. See if you, <laughs> see, what, see what the pricing is. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me Google the black market, uh, Trimble R8, and see what comes up. There you go. <laughs> Isn't there just a website, theblackmarket.com? Yeah, you know what? I bet there is. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't want to look at that. But you know what? That's racist. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, yeah, no. If I if I I could I could use some much worse terms, and then I'd be Mason Rudolph allegedly. Uh, so Denver, let's talk about uh, Denver. Let's talk about your uh, your mentors. Who's been your guiding light um, in the survey world? I didn't really have a traditional mentoring structure, um, and I mean I think that's a problem a lot of people have. But um, I like when I first started, I had a really good crew chief that that you know taught me like how hard, what it meant to work hard and like actually look for corners and stuff like that. Um, Fred Zelensky, and he he was really helpful to me. And then the, my initial actual survey boss. But after that, um, I mean, it was un- unfortunately due to just, you know, company size and stuff it was really kind of you know, sink or swim sort of thing. So I ended up, you know, teaching myself a lot of this. Like, you know, I taught myself to draft, you know, I taught 
myself to like do boundary for the most part and mm-hmm. just, you know, I'll do it initially and then you just critique me on it. Right. Um, and so like I, I, it was a lot of trial by fire and a lot of long hours and like absorbing all the information I could. Um, I think it probably would have been a much easier road had I had real mentors that would like sit down and go over stuff with me as opposed to just like, Oh no, you just figure it out. You got to do what you got to do. Right, right. Well, hey, that's a tough road, to, tough road to hoe there. So, kudos to you. Um, so, what? When you know, we've talked about it a number of times on this show. Um, when you think about surveying, I mean, you you have an education. I mean, do you look at surveying as a trade or a profession? Um, I I think that like honestly, I think that's like an artificial roadblock that we've like put in front of ourselves. Um, in our effort to be looked at like exactly like engineers or exactly like architects when we're neither of those things. I mean, I understand wanting to be looked at as a professional, but I also understand that like we also are a trade. We're this weird mix of two worlds and I don't know that we fit in that box or that we fit in the trade box. And I think that we've taken to, you know, making and, you know, one of your guests, James, who's like the VP on the Young Surveyors, will disagree with me vehemently and probably call me after he hears this. <laughs> but I think that uh, I think that a lot of the degree requirements are detrimental to this, to our profession in that I think that it's turned it into a punishment more than a reward. Um, I think that, you know, you should have a way to become licensed without spending twenty thousand dollars and. You know, I'm, I feel like, you know, give some, you know, give someone 20 years to get licensed or whatever, you know, they've spent 20 years surveying and they can pass the test like good on them, you know? Yeah. Like, I think you should get rewarded for getting an associate's and rewarded for getting a bachelor's or a master's or whatever and, and take shaving time off. But I think it's really, it's a barrier to tell somebody, Hey, you have to go spend a ton of money, especially in states that don't have programs. Like you have to go spend money to do this if you want to get anywhere. Yeah, I, so I feel uh, like that was a, a huge benefit to us before that started being the you know the predominant opinion across the country. Right. Yeah. No. I, I personally I could agree with you more. I uh, you know my education background, anyways, is I get a degree in architecture. So the not the furthest thing. I mean, somewhat in the same technical realm, I suppose. <laughs> right. But and I. I got licensed in Illinois first and in Illinois, because I had a degree in architecture, I, it took me eight years before I could get licensed mm-hmm. because of like four years, you know, of this, take your SIT, four more years after that, you know, take your, your LS. Um, so that, that was, that was a bit of a challenge. I mean, I wouldn't change it, you know, because I had an, I was very fortunate to have an unbelievable mentor. His name's Ed Reader. And, uh, uh, I wouldn't change it, but I do agree with you. There's only there's so only so much that we can learn in a classroom, um, and survey is one of those odd professions um, or trade, however you want to look at it, that you have to learn by doing it. You know, you have to learn. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, you know, for, for I mean, or fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. I mean, Denver, you know, he's he's taken a lot of initiative to study and, and do whatever it takes for him to get a better understanding of, of surveying, you know, and he didn't have like a true mentor, you know, like myself. I mean, I, I was very, very fortunate to have that person in my life and I would never be 
where I'm at today if it wasn't for him. Um, but so mentoring is so important in this, in, in land surveying, trader profession, whatever you want to say. And that's, that's something that, you know, we're, we're lacking as a, in, as a whole when it comes to this profession. Um, you know, as, go ahead, I'm sorry. Now, when you say the four years before mm-hmm. the LSIT and the four years before, yeah. you know, was that like a four year number or was it hours? It was four years. Okay. Somebody had to sign off, like Ed Reader signed off for, I worked for him for like 12 years. Okay. So he signed off my first four years. I worked for him another four years. He signed off on that. And then I was able to take my, my test. Okay. Yeah. Because with the photogrammetrist, yeah. it's the same deal. It's same just thing. time. There's same no, time. you know, yeah. degree for it or anything like that. It's just, yep. you know, after so many years, you can get the technologist and then you get the right. photogra- certified photogrammetrist after that. Same deal. Hmm. No, no requirements, just uh, time and a test. Yeah. What are the requirements in uh, Oklahoma? Uh, in Oklahoma, I think I, I'm not entirely sure. I know that they changed them to allow some additional. You still have to have an associate's minimum mm-hmm. and then like six years, I believe. Yep. Uh, my first license is in Arkansas, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to have a degree. I ended up getting one because obviously I live in Oklahoma and I needed a license here. Yep. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the associates requirement. I think that's the happy medium. Honestly, it, I'm not. Yeah, I'm it, okay with that. It shows at least some commitment and right. some knowledge, but yeah. you're not fully vested into saddling yourself with how much debt. Yep, yep. But at the same time, I can also see if someone can't afford to go to college or whatever, and they've just been serving their entire life and have had the proper mentoring. They folks like that can make like the best surveyors, mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't know. It, it's it's a slippery slope. I'm not sure what the uh, what the ultimate solution is, but uh, it's it's interesting. So I feel like as long as I've been around this business, this has been the argument. Oh, it's, and it's gone nowhere. One of many. <laughs> it's gone yeah, nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Denver, let's talk about the young surveyors. I know you're very involved with the uh, NSPS Young Surveyors Network. Let's talk about that a little bit. I, uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the current president of the National Young Surveyors. Um, we're like we're basically the NSPS for young surveyors um, in that we're just a national like conglomerate of a bunch of groups, right? So like we try to lend an, a, a voice at the national level to all the young the groups around the country. So if your state has a young surveyor group. Like you would, in theory, have somebody that comes to our meetings and tells us at the national level what's going on. And then we advocate to NSPS for young surveyors, um, you know, or or other groups if, if necessary or whatever. We're just trying to move the needle a little bit and the age needle as far as like the opinions in that room a little bit closer to the people that aren't about to retire. Gotcha. So you're the... So it, yeah, so you're the – it's great you mentioned that because, as you probably well know, the average age of a, of a licensed surveyor in this country is like 60 years old. So, um, I mean, I personally feel that Young Surveyors Network is one of the most important groups within NSPS. So kudos for you for getting involved. Do you have any idea how many how many folks, um, we'll call them young surveyors, are, are part of the NSPS network? Uh, in, the, in the Young Surveyors Network? Yep. Um, we, it fluctuates, but it's around 200 or so, uh, that like actively deal with stuff. And then that's, you know, the ones that signed up at the national level, um, all the local ones, you know, they will have far more that just don't care to be involved nationally. Um, and that's fine. You know, obviously 
I care more that you're involved locally than nationally. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm here to help the local groups, not to, I mean, there's nothing really to do with the national level aside from advocate for the local people. Mm -hmm. So what are the goals and objectives of the NSPS young surveyors network? I think, I think the goals are that, you know, you eventually set a member of the young surveyors on all of the decision-making committees and all of the, you know, you get young surveyors in director positions and you get young surveyors on boards, you get young surveyors in places so that, you know, people who still have a whole lot of career left are making the decisions that are going to matter to their career instead of, you know, and that includes me because when I age out, I don't want to be making decisions for the people that are going to have to deal with it later. I want to make decisions that I'm going to deal with. Um, so our, our ultimate goal is to, you know, not to kick people off of anything, but to replace, to get young opinions on all of the, you know, the boards and stuff that make decisions for surveying. Like, I feel like there is a lack of voice for the people whose career this will affect. And a lot of, in a lot of ways on a lot of states and a lot of, you know, even at the national level without there being, you know, young to like, hey, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this because it would negatively affect my career. I know you may not see it that way because you're, you know, five years from retirement and I'm 45 years from retirement. You know, it's, it's just a different perspective. And I think the ultimate objective is to make sure that that voice is heard at every level of this, like of our societies. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Um, so is NSPS, they're, they're welcoming. Is this part of the model then that on, on, the, on the various committees, is there going to be a, a representative from the Young Surveyors Network? Um, yeah, we're, we are technically like an affiliate of them. Um, so we, we do have our own, uh, like we have our own director and we have, we are making an effort to like, and they are helping us, you know, schedule their meetings around so that we can go to, you know, board meetings and we can do those things and have people represented. And then we've, to make efforts to send representatives to other conferences like the Esri conference and some other ones. And then, you know, we plan, we're tra planning an FIG joint conference. So um, our goal, like we're, we're together with them, but we're also separate. So I don't want to say that our objective is solely to, you know, be on boards at NSPS. We want to, we want our voices everywhere. Gotcha. Um, so help, help me understand FIG's connection to this then. Well, F, we are actually technically a originally an offshoot of FIG as like the North American chap as like the American chapter of their young surveyors because um, they have an international group. They have regional groups and they have some that like ours is basically the American version of what they have. Gotcha. And like then the worldwide. And then your website is uh, youngsurveyors.org, correct? Yeah, our, we just got that up and running um, a little while ago. And, you know, there's not a ton of stuff on there right now, but we're planning to like allow every state to director access to post events, um, post a little like a link to their website. We want to be at, like a, a like you come here, you figure out who you need to talk to. You can get you can get somewhere fast as opposed to just, you know, wandering around lost trying to figure out who to talk to. 
and for somebody to get involved, like for example, I've got a uh, I've got a young party chief. Well, I say young. He's well, yeah, he's 30, 32 maybe. Um, you know, I hired him like a year and a half ago. I had zero experience in land surveying, but the guy's an absolute rock star. If I wanted somebody like that, and if he wanted to get involved with young surveyors, what would he do? The website and see who is the you know representative for his state and reach out to that person or reach out to one of us in the leadership. And then we would direct whoever needs to like, hey, reach out to this person they're interested in getting involved. Or if they wanted to get involved at the national level, I'm more than happy to give away some of my responsibilities. Um, like, so really it's just reach, you know, finding who it is you need to reach out to. And then, you know, cause every state has a, a varying amount of what they got going on. Some states have really active groups. Some states don't. So it's, it's just a matter of reaching out to the right people and we can figure out who that is for you. If, if, you know, if they need help. Now with all this talk of the, like I'm always, I'll take, I'll take 50 emails. It's fine. <laughs> so we can give them your email address. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're talking about all this young surveyor action. You're, you're still a yet relatively young guy, but is there something uh, you wish you could kind of go back in time and tell your younger self? Yeah, I, I've thought about that like all day long because I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old. So it's not like I have a, t a wealth of life behind me. <laughs> um, but I think I, I would I would like to tell, you know, I would like to know that they're this, you know, these groups exist and that they're welcoming and that like they, you know, I could have made friends and, you know, acquaintances and, you know, just a good network of people that, you know, are in our profession to like talk to and bounce things off of. And like, you know, if I don't have a real mentor or whatever, I have a friend that I could ask. And like that would have been really beneficial to me, I think. And I just didn't know that stuff existed until, you know, five, six years ago. I'm going to blast out your email address and you're going to regret ever telling me I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> was that a threat that I just heard right there? Uh, yeah. Well, as, as a 30-year-old man, as, you threw it out there. You never ask a lady your age, right? So, um, relatively young. Do you have a mantra that you live by? We ask this question all the time, and it's usually folks that are, you know, a little more experienced in life, we'll say. <laughs> so hey, maybe you'll have a different, uh, you know, perspective on this one. Uh, I think your mantras change as you age. Yeah, so this guy's going to have a whole different one yeah, than what exactly. we're used to. Yeah. yeah, you're never too young to have a mantra. What do you got on that, Denver? I don't know that I have, a like, a succinct mantra per se, but I just try to be the kind of person that if someone was to describe me to me, I would like that person. Hmm, and I, like that. I don't want to, you know, and, and if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't want to meet that person, I'm not doing a good enough job at being a better person. Let me ask you something. I mean, you're, you're still a young guy and um, everybody defines success in a different way. I'm curious how you define success. Um, that's a, that, I mean, like professional success or just success in general? Let's just say success in general. Uh, I think, you know, you're never like you should probably never be completely happy with the where you're at. You should always be striving for something else. But I think um, you're successful when you're you know, when you can actually look at what you've done and be proud of it. 
like, and I mean, you can keep adding to that, but mm-hmm. like until you've got to a point where like you look at it where you're sitting and you're proud that you've made it that far. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think you should rest at all. I think that's where you should get. Yep. No, I think that's really good. And I think, you know, and again, you're, you're never too young to start paying it forward. And, uh, that's the only thing I would add to that. You know, I mean, some people wait till they're like 60 years old and then they start trying to pay it forward. And that time, I don't want to say it's too late, but they've, there was 20 years before that when they could have been paying it forward and added so much more value to, to not, you know, their life or other people's lives or the profession or what have you. And plus when they're that old, that's kind of hard to relate to a, somebody half your age compared to, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years younger than you, 20 sure. years younger than you. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Like if, if I could leave this career with a tree of people behind me that went on to have successful surveying careers, or even if they leave this profession, but they remember it fondly. And, you know, I, I would like to have like a coaching of surveying, but I would like to have. That's interesting. That's you, you just planted a seed with oh, that boy. idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we can do with it. I like it. All right. What else? You got anything else there, Shoots? No. His mantra there kind of reminded me of what I've heard about relationships, how you describe yourself, like what you're looking for in a partner. You say like kind, funny, all this. And they're like, you got to do that too. Yeah. So that was when he said that, that's what clicked in my head. But it's a good one. That's what I was looking for in a partner, and I got you. I know. I know. I'm funny. I'm kind. (laughs) (laughs) Generous. Well, Denver, I'll tell you what. I really enjoyed this chat. Um, I want to make sure that we give you a chance to add anything else in case we missed something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, No, not really. I would just just plead that anybody that wants to get involved in Young Surveyors um, just reaches out to me. Um, If you can't, you know... Um, I'll figure out where you need to go, who you need to talk to. Like I, and I, that's students, techs, whoever, I don't care. I'm, I'm here to help these people out. So that's, that's all I'd say. And, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. you very much. Yeah. Kudos to you for, uh, you know, having that passion at such an early age and, uh, you know, hopefully you just don't get burnt out. And if there's anything we can do to, uh, to keep you motivated, please feel free to reach out. Will do. Appreciate it, guys. All thank right. you. All right. Thank you. Let's uh, let's uh, plug Social Hall one more time. Before let's put we... another one in the books, boys. Another one in the books. Episode 24. Was, that was my Howie Rose. <laughs> put it in the books. We needed a comeback episode after that last one, right? <laughs> <That thing. laughs> we need to calm hey, the, the, down. the early returns are good on the last episode. I will tell you that. People really enjoyed it. It was freaking hysterical. Some people may have been offended. For those folks, <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> hey, you got one in, one in 23. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, actually. So, uh, yeah, every 25 episodes or so, we'll we'll do one of those. (laughs) Or when our guest cancels, of course, at the last minute, yeah. So, anyways, thanks again to Social Hall and uh, and Studio One. Um, We love being here. And uh, if you guys are ever in Tempe, come check out Social Hall. Check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us, like I mentioned earlier, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn by searching The Geoholics and download all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and now Stitcher. Thank you, producer Jake. Email us at info at thegeoholics.com if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show. We're now, we, our next opening is middle of April. So if you want to come on a future show, we'd love to talk to you about that. Info at thegeoholics.com. Des Rocks, of course. Give me the night, my new favorite band. Check them out. Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, desrocks.com. See y'all soon. Till next time, everybody. 
Add value, make friends. Always. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com, Unifly at unifly.arrow, Bad Elf at bad-elf.com, and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.